This is fucking Nick Gage, man. I'm the leader of the MDK gang, Eastern Bloc. Shout out to Nate Hatred, RIP Hate Club. If you ain't listening to Wrestling Cheers, I'm going to send someone to your fucking house. They're going to murder your fucking family right in front of you. So I bet you, I bet you, you better be listening to Wrestling Cheers. It's the fucking God. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers where everybody knows your name Especially when cancer doesn't kill you this is Wrestling Chairs. We'd like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a retro review of AIW's Absolution 10 from July 10th, 2015. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Chairs is brought to you by the Training Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your evidence as fine podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Tune in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is a retro review of AIW Absolution 10. Like I also said, I am Justin Summers, and this week we have returning... Ed from Pod Van Dam. Hi, Summers. What is on a Best of Shaquille O'Neal album? <laughs> because like that implies that he had multiple albums, right? He did. And I, that blows my mind. He, I thought he just had the one. No, he has Shaq Diesel, which was his debut album. And then I forget the name of the second album because I've never owned it. And, and then the, he did a Best of? His third album is a Best of? And I think he had more after that, too. Uh, what, <laughs> what Ed is referring to is a tweet that uh, he did, and actually that's where I got it from, was like, uh, post your your top, your, not your top four, your first four albums you ever bought, and you had Spice Girls, which I think you just, it was Spice. Yeah. Uh, Weird Al, Bad Hair Day, Less Than Jake, I don't know them as much, so I don't remember, I don't know the album title. There's, there's a fourth one that I know, but it's escaping me. Ultimate Fake Book. No, wait, that was the ones from high school. Um, oh, Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah, Smash Mouth. So, yeah, th- those were your four. Mine were uh, Shaq Diesel, the best of Shaq. Um, what were those other? Oh, The Great Malenko. What was that other fucking album? Because I also mentioned Barry. Oh, Nick- Marshall Mathers. Oh, yeah, uh, Slim Say DLP. Those are the, at least the first four that I remember buying. There's other ones in there that were given to me as gifts, like... The, both of the Spice Girl albums and Bare Naked Lady Stunt. And then I know there's a couple other ones, but those are the ones sticking up. The ones that I actually paid for were those four. Yes, I'm a huge Shaq fan. I love Shaq. The fucking audacity of Shaq to have a best of, though. Like, <laughs> he had some good ones. He had some really good ones. I love no. Shaq. Yes. I actually have the best that album on my phone. You can get it on Apple Music, probably get it on Spotify too. That was my introduction to rap music. So if, Good if Lord, and you stuck around and listened to more, huh? <laughs> yeah. Then I went to ICP. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like what you like. That's what I like. I like I can listen to a lot of shit, but I don't know. I can't I can't get into punk or pop punk. Fuck that shit. Oh, and I, I ne- and I never had an emo stage. If there's any music that I am like the polar opposite of, it's fucking emo music. Mainly because I can't relate to any of this. Well, mainly because like the the fashion trend of it is wearing tight pants and tight shirts. Well, I'm a fat motherfucker, and I that doesn't work for me. I don't want to be a busted can of biscuits. Dude, there used to be a time before they sold skinny jeans where I had to buy girls' pants. <laughs> Do you know how that, you know what that was like having to buy a double zero? Uh, no. <laughs> Only doubles that I know about buying are double X. <laughs> and those are shirts. Thought Charlie, I, did you listen to Shack Rap? We ever? also we also have Charlie Butters here. God, this isn't your fucking show, Ed. I'm Jonah. <laughs> it's Pat. Hey, it's Pat. As Shaq famously once said, it's absolution, baby. <laughs> oh, that's good club. <laughs> Fish tank. It's broke. <laughs> Ed, before we were going to record, you said you got a big glass of water. Oh, it did. It's right here. It's a jug. I, I was like, fuck a glass. I'm, just, I'm the only one that lives here. I'm the only one drinking out of this. So I'm just drinking straight out of the jug like an animal. You uh, you working out now? Being one of those people? I'm running. I'm running sometimes. Uh, got to get in shape for my WWE hardcore title defenses at uh, the LVAC show next month. Oh, speaking of which, we can, we can mention uh, this week's uh, episode about how we are covering... Uh, absolution 10 you can also hear about uh what the folks over at at odds with wrestling joe sposto and the man adam van uh the guy that is uh intimidating ed because ed is a coward (laughs) i'm a coward you're gonna see him running when i'm carrying that light tube little baby can't handle anything death match i don't know why he wants a ww hardcore title can't even handle a light tube come on i wonder if he's getting help from uh or at least some advice from tim donst what advice? He, he's too scared. He's scared. Of, <laughs> he's scared of deathmatcher. He can't even handle ghoulery. Are you kidding me? What was the the spot that they had him watch the deathmatch tournament on at odds? And it was like a bed of nails. Can't handle a bed of nails. That's like a that's like a five and a half on the ghoulery scale. That's nothing. We're talking about a uh, ten. If you're wondering, by the way, is Takeda getting the knife back with the gills on his back? That's a ten on the ghoulery scale. You're talking about Ooh. Stranglemania episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The clowns are in Bring, that one, right? Bringing it back around, bringing it back around. The clowns. Speaking of which, I, I wore my uh, my ICP shirt that I, I won from Pod Van Dam that on the back says, fuck your rebel flag. I wore that to a McDonald's. I granted, I went through the drive-thru, but they forgot some of my nuggets. And I went back in and there was a person of color outside. And I heard them as I walked in, I like his shirt. <laughs> That made me really happy. Uh, the best ICP shirt ever. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for, for hooking me up with that. No problem. So, like, you actually help buy ICP merchandise. Yeah, but <laughs> I like to think that they donated the money from those shirts. I have no way of knowing this. This is just my headcanon. <laughs> they're, they're putting out a good message. Yeah, I like it. All right. Let's get into this show. This is Absolution 10, January 10th, 2015. Over, just a little over five years ago, on commentary, we had, once again, Leonard F. Chakarison, Aaron Bauer, and you had some guest spots uh, from Vic Troviante, 
Eddie Kingston and Ethan Page. This show was the show after Jaylet and Girls Night Out 15. That was the first year that Day 2 had a different show with it. So uh, Girls Night Out 15 was the early show for that show, and then Jaylet obviously being the weekend. And this is the show right before Battle of the Sexes 2, which was Wrestling Geek Fest and all, all that kind of fun stuff. The only people of note that I seen in the crowd because there was there was a lot of like us fans besides you know you know like younger version of Caden and Michael Porter and <coughs> like, all, like the usual suspects um pre ring announcer Steve Guy yeah I saw that uh weird body which I don't remember if he had debuted yet but he's he pretty had, he had not he had not debuted yet but he was chilling on the stage pretty much the whole fucking show so you could see him uh Dr. Dan was running the door in a bright yellow like adidas soccer jersey or soccer shirt kind of thing and because he was shooting footage that day we had kenny johnson other than that i remember about this show do you remember how long it took to get in because vader forgot his eight by tens oh god yeah dude it started like an hour late yeah that this and no no go ahead no no you go ahead i was just gonna say the day sucked were you out there when the lady accidentally stepped into that small little sewer hole no okay so this lady's walking across the street she parked and her and her people are coming and her foot is like goes perfectly right in that little sewer hole and she also but she moves forward when it happens and it doesn't snap her leg right because that'd be really disgusting but does cut it really bad all the way down to the bone they had to call the emt and then like what cop came and like put a traffic cone on the hole it was like problem (laughs) solved it's like fucking taxpayer dollars look at it awesome so I can't get a cover for it. No, nah, just, just hope that cone stays. Well, at first he put it like upside down, right? So it was in the hole. But it's like, dude, that's still a hole. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't it, actually solve anything. So somebody else walked out there and like flipped it over and put it the right way. Yeah, that that makes more sense. I think for this <laughs> show, I, I was like in the hallway. So... Kind of what I do for a lot of these shows, which I don't, I don't know how you want to look at it. Seems how I almost always have front row. I just find somebody from the front row towards the front of the line and I stand with them because it kind of makes the most sense. Because yeah, it's everybody with front row is going to be told come in first anyway. So I'm just going to bypass everybody and go stand by them. So I remember like being in that hallway and just obviously there was like just a precursor of what we would experience inside the show. And if you've ever heard any of us talk about Absolution Ten. It is one of the hottest, most miserable shows ever. And the great thing is I can look back and kind of look past that because I've I've learned stuff shows like this, shows like Absolution 12, where you're in there and you're like you're kind of feeling miserable. As time goes on, like that misery kind of leaves and you're more remembering the show as a whole. And Absolution 10, um, a note I thought that actually I tweeted out is the fact that I think Absolution 10 is one of the best shows in the IW history. The first half is a little, little lackluster, but the second half has a lot of good stories going into it. A lot of, a lot of great moments. Obviously one of the best, best uh, main events or just star studded main events in AIW history with a lot of uh, historic talent in there. And then one person that you're just like, who the fuck's that? But still like, a really really good show and there's some of these matches that even other than that main event that people still talk about yeah man plus jerry wrestled so like that's cool (laughs) 
We'll, we'll get Jerry in his pre-match promo. He was wearing a trust the thrust shirt. Oh, <laughs> oh, let's 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 get into the promos really quick. Uh, side note. Uh, sorry, Charlie. Uh, and no, I'm not selling Starkist tuna. I didn't rip that <laughs> promo like I was supposed to. I had too much shit nah, going it's on. Good. Uh, it's all good. But I um uh, getting into the promos. Charlie did want me to play it, but even like my my um note was Eddie fucking Kingston. Like that's how you start off the show, and it's you know great. Well, we what we've seen recently with him getting that opportunity on AEW Dynamite and getting his name out there more, even though there was fucking people that just went Eddie Kingston. I've never heard of Eddie Kingston, and there was a, a reference to Pod Van Dam. They didn't mention his Twitter handle, but he's like someone who covers wrestling and said he turned the channel because he didn't know who Eddie Kingston was. And another wrestling journalist said he didn't really know him either. I unfollowed both of them because I was just like, no go fuck yourself since Eddie fucking Kingston. How do you not know how, who Eddie Kingston is? Oh, because I mean, he was even in fucking impact. How do you not know who Eddie Kingston is? Dude, he fucking ran a kid over an impact. He murdered a kid. <laughs> how do you not? Yeah. So to me, there was no excuse for that. And like this promo was fucking great. Any thoughts on the Eddie Kingston promo? No, I didn't watch any of these. I skipped right to the matches. <laughs> Dude, it was a kid. It was like, Jesus. oh, 20 minutes of promos. Oh, are you kidding me? This show's four hours long. 20 minutes? I know the story's going into it. This is my first absolution. I remember this time period all very well. I don't I don't need a refresher on everything. I know why everyone hates each other. Are you sure you need a refresher? You've, you know, cleaned a lot of fish tanks. No, man, because this is very vivid. Like, I was so hyped for this show. Like, I remember everything going into it. Like, this is like, yeah, when I first discovered AIW is like the shit and really good. So super into all of this. I'm going to put the promo in post-production right here. Ethan Page said this on Twitter. Me and you are beautifully doomed. Me and you are going to end what we started almost a year ago. And that's the beautiful part of it, that it's going to end. The part that's filled with doom is one of us is gonna say I quit. One of us is going to get hurt. See, I, and the funny thing is about it is that you actually believe it's going to be me. That's madness. Pigeon ain't gonna be me. Last time we squared off in some type of gimmick match, what happened to you, brother? You bled for the first time in your career and you bled buckets. I bathed in your blood. It was the most refreshing shower I've ever had in my life, bathing in your blood. And the funny thing is, this all happened before you got married. Yeah, social media, that's a motherfucker, ain't it? Tells you everything. Yeah, I got me a lady, but I ain't married. I want you to ask yourself this question before you come to the ring. Hey. Shannon, I want you to show him this, okay? Show him this right before he goes out to the room when his corny music is playing, Kanye West, whatever it is, horrible hip hop, all that jazz, okay? You gonna play this for him? I want you to think about this. You just got married. How is it gonna feel when you look at your beautiful wife and she can't recognize you, brother? She's gonna look at the picture of the wedding day, the, the happiest day of her life and then look over to you. 
after this match, after what I do to you, and she's gonna shed a tear. Maybe more than just a tear. I wouldn't be surprised if she divorces you and comes to me. I want you to see this, Paige. Shannon, show it to him. I'm Eddie Kingston. Really, really great promo. Uh, it's even mentioned, and I, I noted this, uh, wrote this down. This was a week after Ethan Page's wedding, which yeah. I wish we had Biggins here for because Biggins has his uh, story about that that wedding and everything. But uh, a, a, a really big moment in his life. And I think Eddie Kingston and Ethan Page, for that matter, are two underappreciated promo guys. I mean, I've heard a lot of people lately because of, you know, AEW Dynamite saying like how great Eddie is on the mic. And it, it is 100 percent true. I think he's in a top five that like no nobody talks about as much. Eddie, Ethan Page, Jimmy Jacobs, Josh Prohibition. Those are at least my four. Jimmy Jacobs is on some real positive energy shit right now, and it's fucking cool. I mean, do you follow him on Twitter? Is he still on Twitter? I, I was looking he for him. and couldn't find back. him. He just came back. Okay, because I put, put up a video about how gratitude is. It's really thinking about what you're grateful for in these times helps out a lot. And he's basically just doing like the same deal Russell Brand does now. Where Russell Brand like has a doesn't do movies or like stand up. He just has a YouTube channel where he's like talks about spirituality and positivity. Like they're very much like it's not on Twitter. Like Jimmy Jacobs is like wrestling Russell Brand. It's awesome. So except I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if his dad bought him a prostitute when he was like sixteen. Somebody love Jimmy Jacobs. Let me know if you're like Russell Brand in that way too. Like that's going to be fucking wild. And RJ city is the John Mulaney of wrestling too. Yeah. This is, we're going to set up a whole little comedy tour, which wrestling is kind of like comedians, which I tweeted that out and he liked it. Didn't reply to it, but he liked it. Dude, he didn't, he didn't even like my tweet about how we should wrestle bio monster DNA. So he's just <laughs> fucking ducking bio monster DNA. Um, other notes that I had is uh, Jerry was wearing the vintage Bobby Beverly shirt. Josh Prohibition called his team dudes that should be on TV, which looking back, all but one are now on TV. Or no, all but two. The other one, Josh Prohibition himself, should be on. The other one, you know, two gives a fuck. Uh, and also, in my opinion, this is one of the best AIW venues ever. I think a lot of people love the Odeon and I, I love it too, but this was like the first taste of it. And the fact of, I've seen like a lot of shows from beyond where they, they have this feel to it, this venue feel. And as, as much as it sucked in there that day because of the AC and everything and everything that they wanted to do that they didn't, that's why I love that venue. The aesthetic was amazing. And this was supposed to be the retirement show of Pedro and Josh Alexander. Both have come out retirement since then. Pedro staying a little bit closer to being retired, just coming out every so many shows for particular reasons. You know what I remember about this venue is they didn't sell alcohol. So Thorne put that tweet out about how you should like car bar and sneak alcohol in. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool to let people know ahead of time. A little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> to a few years later and actually there was i do want to say we've talked about it this was like the first ringside guys uh not cookout but uh tailgate tailgate yeah i want to see say i didn't know that because i wasn't that comfortable with y'all yet so i was just drinking in my car and then more inside look at you now i know 
wearing his girl jeans and yep getting in the car and dude i looked fucking cute that night and i have <laughs> evidence i have proof of it later all right I'll, we'll get to it when we're talking about the matches i got a question for you i dm'd you this and i don't know whether you did it did you go back and look through your tweets under hashtag abso x which i always say hashtag absox I did, but I can't like now. I can't remember. Were any of them good? Like, I mean, we're we're. I don't think I was that funny yet. It's not necessarily being funny, but me and you both are live tweeting the show, and like you, I know you did a because I was doing more like just what I do now with the beginning of results or beginning of the match, end of the match results. You were doing some like play by play stuff, like when uh, Candice LeRae does all the balls plex. You're commenting on it. Oh, cool. So there was like a lot of cool stuff. And I was like looking back at it, I was like, wow, like this was before I really knew who Ed was. And like now we're friends and he's on on the show. But you know, we had no idea who who really we were that day. And that was the same um, show that obviously the uh, Vine was actually a thing back then. And uh, Lucha something or, or another, uh, Lucha Max, I want to say it is. He had a Vine go somewhat viral of Candice LeRae. Yeah, and. Dude. And Cedric Alexander, He's a fucking world star. Yeah, it's awesome. And if you Charlie, look, Charlie, what's your favorite vine? We got to talk about this last <laughs> week. What do, you, what do you got? My favorite vine was the chicken strips one, man. That's, that's the good one. For whatever did reason, you watch any vine comps? For whatever reason, I didn't care for Vine. Summers, did you watch any vine comps on YouTube? Me and Stacy asked you to. <laughs> did you? Did I, you watch any? I mean, I've seen some. Like in my lifetime, like there was one dude from Vine that I actually liked, and I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, it's fucking slipping me because I think I, f- I end up following him on other stuff. Every time I think of him, he always like started with like story time. Yeah, yeah, he's real good too. Like it's like, uh, yeah, his are good. What's the one guy that did the Disney ones? Those were always fun. Because story time was good. Yeah, those were good. Not even Emily was pretty solid. She did some funny ones. I, I used to watch the compilations all the time because I never would download Vine, but I used to watch the compilations on YouTube all the time. So, I I still don't understand why people don't like TikTok. If you like Vine, what's the difference from TikTok? People aren't funny on it. I don't know. I see a lot of funny shit on there. I mean, granted, you do get the, like the dancing stuff, which you could easily go past. But I I find some funny stuff on there. No, it's people trying to be funny. Like I've seen people try to be funny. I haven't seen very many funny TikToks. <laughs> And I saw one yesterday to the office theme where they called Trump cinnamon Hitler and I lost <laughs> my shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, it I've, was pretty great. I heard I've actually seen somebody on TikTok call him cinnamon Hitler. And I, re- I uh, commented like, how dare you disrespect cinnamon like that? <laughs> and they, they actually commented back. They're like, yeah, cinnamon's great and all until you get like a spoonful of it. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Dude, you know how they say you can't swallow like a spoonful of cinnamon? Yeah, yeah I've seen videos of it. Cool. When I worked East Chicago up by uh, Cedar Point, this girl from Taiwan that we worked with could do it easily. Like it was nothing. It's fucking insane. Do you got her number? <laughs> Strangely, one of the only people I'm friends with still from that job. Like <laughs> she, she was teaching him how to grow the glands so that he could spray his glitter Spray <laughs> mist yeah uh do you guys have any thoughts on uh the promos well ed you've already said you didn't want watch him so charlie any thoughts on the promos 
uh, all I have written down is the Eddie promo was awesome, and Jerry was rocking a Trust in the Thrust shirt, and it needs to be reprinted. So, I I wish Bobby fucking would, but then again, like I, Bobby doesn't wrestle as much, like not as much as he did back then. I mean, he got he got strapped up on Friday night, so he's the heavy hitters champion paradigm. Before we foreshadow anything on this card, um, up until Eddie Kingston comes out. Nobody on this show is a AIW regular anymore. Prior to that point, there are two people that are still around, especially like in AIW, but they're not regulars. And that's in the first match, Brian Carson and Frankie Flynn. Everybody else up until that, even that point, no longer AIW regulars. Some people, you know, have quit like Josh Singh. You have Kaplan who has had some like injury issues or some body issues or like working issues. Like I don't hundred percent know everything with him. You got people like Athena who are signed. You have uh, BJ Whitmer who works behind the scenes of AEW Davey Vega, who's still around, but just busy. But yeah, every, everybody up until that point, no longer around. Yeah. You have Vader who's dead. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go. Well, I'm not going to say his name, but there is somebody in, in the crowd that is now uh, wanted for uh, what the fuck's he wanted for, for uh, taking people's money and leaving town. I'm not oh, saying God. <laughs> what? Oh, Glenmore. <laughs> Talking about Glenmore. Yeah. Glenmore's in the crowd because <laughs> he's with Steve guy. Dude, that week that all that went down and we talked about it, we got one download from Nashville and have never gotten it again. Or like was Memphis, wherever the Jerry Lawler lives. Probably Jerry's. Probably you've seen when we had him as a guest. You want to know where the fuck he was? Get some money. Jerry Lawler, if you're listening, don't. I hate you. Stop listening. You're fucking gross on every level, dude. You're fucking disgusting human being. But it, like, I'm not defending him, but in this story, he's not the biggest piece of shit. No, but he is a giant piece of shit because he's a pedophile. So, it's a huge piece of shit. I'm talking to, well, he's not the one that stole money from motherfuckers. Listen, Glenmore stole money from cancer charities, and that's fucked up. But he also stole money from Jerry Lawler, and that's fucking funny. Steal money from him. He's rich and a horrible human being. If you guys are listening, you have a chance to steal money from Jerry Lawler. Steal money from Jerry Lawler. I mean, I don't. He wasn't stealing from Lawler. He was stealing from people who he he was saying he was going to sell stuff of Jerry yeah, Lawler's. Cancer charities. They were going to auction off paintings and stuff. Not just, dude. I've I've rarely talked about this. Before he was exposed, he texted me trying to sell me shit. I'm not a cancer charity, but luckily I was just like, I didn't have the money for it. And I don't hate Lawler, but I'm like, I, I, you could even give me somebody I liked and be like, oh, I'm going to sell you their shirt. I'll be like, well, I don't know. What would I do with that? That's just weird. I don't want it. So I just told him I didn't have the money for it. And then like two weeks later, he gets exposed. And I'm like, oh, well, good thing that didn't happen. Bahu just bought one of Hayabusa's like ring jackets, and I'm gonna ask him if he wears that around because I'm curious. Like at least once you got to, right? The, the brown one that he wore. Yeah, for like I, cow- I saw that. I saw yeah. that. You gotta wear uh, that, right? At least once, put it on. I would, and then I would Phoenix splash somebody with it on. So if you get his <laughs> powers, probably, it's probably in there. Just don't do an Asai moon salt. Oh. <laughs> so. Uh, I was working on my my transitions, Justin, since I was so horrible at transitioning on my show yesterday. Uh, 
since we're talking about Jerry Lawler, how about we talk about wrestling superstar Jerry, who is super fucking over at the show? God, I love Jerry. Going, let's go. Let's so go. In, let's go into the first match. It is the Iron Curtain, which is Gregory Iron. Dun 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 dun. Ben, ben, <laughs> ben Boo. Hit, jo- hit the button. Hit it. Oh, normally I do that in the second match. But fine. Uh, the Iron Curtain, Gregory Iron and Ben Boone and Joey Vince Martini and Jerry versus the Singh Warriors, Josh Singh, Brian Carson, Frankie Flynn and Kaplan. My notes was where I note. I first noticed the trend. None of none of them are current AIW regular wrestlers. And the the remark from Leonard F. Chakarison, which if you know like who he was, uh, the quote. People still watch that comic book garbage. <laughs> that popped me. Another really good quote during this too. Uh, Kaplan was picking up Greg, whose ass was out, and he's like, he's grabbing Greg like a bowling ball. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, dude, we saw Greg Iron's asshole ass this night. I know, like, we all saw his asshole. Yeah, it was it was out there for like a good like five ten minutes of this match, and I think Kaplan was slipping some digits in there. <laughs> Uh, Ed, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up, but I do want to say that you had a tweet this night that, that said that Gregory Irons ass was the fifth member of the team. <laughs> Cause it was out so long. It's an offensive weapon at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, at least a manager. Try to swallow Kaplan. You gotta. <laughs> Dude. Uh, is it Ben Boone almost gets killed in this match? Josh Singh comes down right on his guts, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd they all wrestle in the shirts? Like, we all knew who they were. That shit annoys me. I hate it. They do the Survivor Series. WWE does. I just, man, I know I know what team you're on. I don't, like, I don't need you to dress like a street gang all wearing the same thing, like a bunch of 1950s toughs in, like, a uniform. You know what I mean? Some, like the Warriors. Some... Didn't everybody have little uniforms in the Warriors? I've never seen it. But I seem to remember, like, some people were baseball players in Kiss makeup. Right? I've never seen it either. <laughs> Jonah, can we get a fact check? In Warriors, in Warriors, yes, there was the Baseball Furies. There was there's a bunch of different gangs, and they were all dressed like in different styles. Yeah, it was a good movie. Definitely check it out if you ever get a chance. I never thought I would ever watch it, and I watched it one time up in Canada with some friends, and uh, I really liked it. So it's different. Something that I didn't notice till today was... You mentioned the shirt that Jerry had in his promo. Did you mm-hmm. notice the shirt that Joey Vincent Martini was wearing? I did not. He was wearing a Scum Life shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did recognize that. I didn't realize the connection until I just saw something today that uh, it, they're reprinting a shirt. Same same thing. And the, uh, there was a picture of that particular shirt on somebody else. For those who don't know, we mentioned it last week the recent passing of tom troll that was tom troll's clothing brand for a while scum life and recently uh uh kevin what's his last name uh it's it's a camel have it up on my face Koppel, kevin Koppel. Koppel, yeah Koppel. um he's gonna reproduce one of the shirts uh in memory of tom troll so i saw tom in a, in a picture that he used was wearing that same shirt and it clicked. I was like, Oh my God, that was the shirt that Joey Vincent Martini was wearing. Holy shit. Yeah. And I have, uh, I have officially pulled up the Twitter feed from that night. Uh, and it, both, like I said, me and Ed were tweeting 
Ed tweeted, finally in, can't wait for this show, hashtag AppSocks. Too weird, because we were waiting forever. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, this was the first matchup, and uh, student opening match, it's kind of kind of what, what you expect with it. I mean, I have I have nothing much else to say, and then we have, if, if you guys don't have anything else to say about the match. People love Frankie. <laughs> oh. Frankie is big over, man. Ed, I, 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 I did DM you, and I asked you this question. Did you pay attention to the reaction Greg got? Yeah. What was it? It was mixed. I would say it was mixed. What was what was being chanted? Oh, I couldn't hear what was being chanted. Fuck Greg Iron. Oh, fuck Greg Iron. There was just a lot of people cheering too, but in my head, can is they're all cheering for Jerry. I mean, kind of. Yeah, because- that is kind of, yeah, what is kind of what was happening. Yeah, people really like Jerry because Jerry became intense champ at, by the end of the year. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> so my only other notes I had on this was that uh, Martini hit an F5 on Kaplan, which was impressive. <laughs> Got him up no problem. Fucking hit an F5. If there's uh, anybody that's gonna fucking do it, it's Joey Vincent Martini. Yeah, it was it was a beast move, man. I'll tell you what, it was it was pretty crazy. That's a thick boy. Mm-hmm. And and I was really impressed with. Uh, with Singh, he had some really cool moves that he busted out in this match. Like even his dive off the top rope to the outside, uh, when they were doing those was, was different and impressive for like a bigger guy to be doing. I'm surprised he didn't stick around. It's kind of crazy. He had so much potential. I thought he, like I've said before, between him and Alex Singh had like the most charisma. Do you think? No, Frankie did dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of, of that first uh, minor class, which wasn't really a class, like Singh and Daniels. Like, it was those two. Okay. Because Frankie debuted, I want to say, he, at Girls' Night Out. So, like, like, everybody on that team debuted the, the month or two prior. Okay. Alex and Josh were around a year. Because I want to say they debuted around uh, Battle of the Sexes 1 and All In. AIW all in, obviously, but yeah. So of those two, yes, I think it's Josh. You add in Frankie, like Frankie had a lot to offer. Like he had a lot of character. And I, I think I've said before when he debuted, like only person to rival him with what I'm about to say was Dr. Dan. And that's someone who came in with more of a character than anybody else. Like you could tell they had done a lot of work. I put a lot of thought into it and not just like I'm I'm going to come out and I'm new and all this kind of stuff like a lot of character work where I kind of connected to both of them instantly like I get where you're coming from I like this yeah plus Frankie like had that storyline right off the bat with like Eddie Kingston where like he beat the shit out of him a lot and then like he went on and beat Eddie and then Eddie went away and then came back as his tag partner with that absolution it was like a whole like year arc it was really good shit it's good shit pal <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts on this match? Nope. So uh, the Iron Curtain got the win, and in the post-match, Vader comes out and beats the shit out of the Iron Curtain. And that fuck Vader, fuck Vader. I'm more pissed that he turned down. What? The crowd was chanting for him to do a moonsault when he came out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's not what I was pissed about. Fuck that. I wanted there to be an interaction between him and Vader. Yeah, because their names sound similar and it's funny. Well, shit. I fuck, do, he sucks. I do want to say, like, at the time, Vader, well, 
when he when he was able to use Twitter, wasn't his handle uh, it's Vader time and Veda was it's Veda time. So they're like really close. I don't know. I'm simple like that. I like the wordplay. Obviously, she had been using Veda time at some point. I'm like, that would be really cool. Instead, we get this and I'm like, and like turn end up finding out that he was pitched that and he turned it down. Pisses me off. Because he smelled like cigarettes really bad. Because he, <laughs> he he wanted his payment in a nudie magazine. <laughs> so they like during the like middle of this match, you can see him just walk out on the stage and watch it for a minute. And then he sees something one of the students does, and he just like turns around and walks away. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, Vader was watching. And then he came out at the end. I'm like, oh, why the fuck was he out on the stage then if he was going to come out? That's stupid. You end up seeing him later on in the night uh, peeking out. And I, I put the notes, I put it in my notes, but it was Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. You see him sitting at Gorilla, like peeking out. Anything else on this match? Good to move on. Vader like punched him, right? That looked fucking bad. Like it looked like Vader said, "I don't really know this man, so I'm just gonna actually punch him." I mean that that sounds like Vader. That's it's, it's it is on brand. He did throw some some meaty shots at uh Greg. So and later on in the night, he tw- he tweeted out a picture of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate uh, Vader's hog? Dude, not very impressive for how big he is. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Was it uh, fully gorged or what, what are we talking about here? It's hard to tell because he's a very old man. That might have been fully <laughs> gorged for him. Like that might have been all he's, he's all he's capable of. Is this a good good way to segue into talking about how Pod Van Dam has a uh, dick print champion in the Discord? What? Yeah, you missed that conversation, didn't you? Yeah. So Jonah, wrong with you people? <laughs> Jonah posted a picture and he was like, guess whose dick Brennan is and orange and some Dalton, I believe, uh, guessed like right away. knew who right? What, who was, but Dalton won. So Dalton is the current dick print champion. Congrats, Dalton. Wow. What an athlete. <laughs> Brag about it to your folks. <laughs> Uh, the tweet from you, Ed, does say Gregory Irons ass is the unofficial fifth member of this team. Dude, I wonder, like, sometimes why was I even live tweeting this shit back then? Because I think I had like eighty followers. <laughs> like, nobody's fucking reading this. All right. Speaking of Ed, let's move on to the next match. Reason why I bring Ed up in this match is it was the AIW Women's Championship match, the champion Veda Scott versus Athena. Uh, My only note for this match is fuck you, Reese. Uh, I mentioned this in the Pod Van Dam Discord. Uh, He flicks off Veda Scott during the match and calls her a hussy numerous times. Also, which I didn't put this in my uh, notes, someone during the opening introductions yells, shut the fuck up to her. And like she just shoots daggers at him, like, and I don't know who it was. Like, I know one person who said something early on, but it wasn't that. But it was in the same direction, so I don't fucking know. Like, I will admit, like looking back, that kind of made us look bad. But I don't know. This no, man, I was flipping off Ada Scott too and yelling shit at her. Oh for yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. For uh, sure. For sure. Uh, your tweet for this match is, and now we're about to see Athena fuck up Veda Scott. Hashtag absolution. Dude. 
My first AIW show, I go because, like, legit, Athena is, like, a top three wrestler for me at the time. Fucking love watching Athena matches. And she gets fucked out of the women's title. And Vader Scott wins it. And I was fucking heated. That's funny, because I was just the opposite. I was happy that she finally won the AIW uh, women's title. Which, I mean, granted, she won it at uh, Girls Night Out. That one that I just mentioned with Jay Lit, I believe. Or maybe, maybe she had it a little bit longer. I don't think so, though. Dude, I just knew going into this match, like, there's no way, there's no way Athena's not leaving champ. Like, there's no way. I was so excited. And you got a picture with her that night, too, that later on, if I go through the tweets, I see the picture of you two together. Yeah, dude, I was like, Athena, can I get a picture? And she's like, I don't know, I'm sweaty and look like shit. And I was like, dude, we're all sweaty and look like shit. (laughs) Oops. What? (laughs) What? I I accidentally hit the, the button. That's that's my purple button. Continuing oh, right. continuing from last week, that's the purple button. All right, all right. Is he is he is he here? <laughs> Main event. So my only notes on this match was that Athena hit three huge dives in a row right off the rip, and it was fucking crazy. And that was it. That's that's the only big note I had for this match. Dude, this is like prime Athena too. This is like mm-hmm. when she is clearly the best women's wrestler in the world. It is like, oh man. WWE just ruins her. Like, it's just wasted. Just wasted. I know that NXT run is like, people are like, that was good stuff, but it wasn't, guys. Come on. So NXT quit really mattering. <laughs> Once Bobby Roode was champ, everything after that doesn't count. Uh, just, man, now she's injured. Like, who knows when she's coming back? And like, uh. I think they made her a werewolf in that company or something. I don't Dude, know. Dude, she was low-key a werewolf. You do, you're absolutely right. Baron Corbin, former low-key werewolf. Ember Moon, former Loki werewolf. One of the writers was watching True Blood. (laughs) I screamed that shit at Ryan Katz at that first NXT house show. I told him, I know Barry Corbin's a fucking werewolf. Can't lie to me. (laughs) I know that's what you guys are trying to do here. If I'm correct, I want to say Athena drops the title by the end of the year, too. Dude, she drops it like the next show because she gets signed. No. Because the next show was Battle of the Sexes 2. Okay. And she drops it at Faith No More. And I only know that because it's like the only show I missed that year. And I was super pissed off. Because I know I never got a picture with Athena. Like I have a really bad habit of like there's certain wrestlers that I'm like, I'll see you again. And it was getting that way with her. And there was rumors of her getting signed around Battle of the Sexes 2. So I was like, I need to jump on this shit and get a fucking picture. So the only picture I have with her is from that show. And that's how that's the only reason why I knew it wasn't at that show. And I do vaguely remember, I want to say at Faith No More, it was Athena versus Candice LeRae. And the foregone conclusion for everybody was just like, oh, well, Candice and Johnny are together now. Athena's getting signed. Uh, uh, Candice is going to win. Then it makes the most sense. Instead, she doesn't win. And you have Athena make an open challenge. Out comes Heidi. New champion. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, (laughs) I was thinking about this, or I've been thinking about this lately. The amount of people that didn't win uh, a title in AIW that should have, whether it be male or female. And I was like, Mia Yim never won the women's championship. She should have. She didn't? No. I just assumed she did before I started going. Nope. She had a handful of opportunities. Like, AK held that title for a while. Like, she... uh, for a while, had the longest uh, run with that title before, you know, 
whether you want to count or not, Shayna Baszler, who's oh, she's still champ. That's the like Thorn counts it, but uh, Cage Match doesn't. They have it as vacant with a K, which I think is kind oh. of funny. No, Shayna, they, they should know that Shayna's still champ. I saw him at that NXT show, and I said, "You get your belt back," and he said, "Champ forever." It's like, all right, we'll champ forever then. I'm okay with that. Well, as of right now in AEW, everybody's a champ forever. Champ forever. Freaking uh, this week, actually, I want to say, or by, by this weekend, Matt Justice is going to be intense champion for a year. Same with PME as tag team champion. Ooh, we got to decide, though, as a community, if this counts, though. <laughs> like, if this time off is real or not. Like, I don't know. It's, I guess technically it has to count, but a little asterisk beside of it. I mean, I, I would I would kind of say it counts. I don't I don't disagree enough to argue it. When we look back on this time, it'll be like, oh, why was he champ for so long? And you'll be like, oh, COVID. That's all that's all it'll be. Any any other uh, notes on this match? Nah, man, except like, I don't know, probably this weekend sometime I'm gonna go watch that best of Athena DVD. Like the same me like remembering, like, oh yeah, like Athena was like low key one of the best wrestlers in the entire world for a while. She got a good match out of Ada Sky. You know how hard that is? Why does everybody get a shit on my woman? <laughs> I don't think her, she... Her, uh, her entrance music is dope, though. It's Sleigh Bells. I love Sleigh Bells. They're awesome. That's the only song I know by them. <laughs> That's it? That's it. should check out their entire catalog. I would say, like, what type of music do you think I listen to? But that's technically all over the place. Shaq, apparently. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Biological didn't bother. Fucking awesome song. Find out that Shaq was abandoned by his father and he got a, I don't want to say adopted, but his mom's boyfriend took him under his wing and became his real father. If you want to, if you want to see it in movie form, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And uh, where he says, I'm not, not your, what is it? I'm not your daddy, but I'm your father or whatever it is. Or I'm not your father, but I'm your daddy. Pretty much same thing. Can we just go on to the next match? Well, we have to say, <laughs> we have to say that Athena wins with the O-Face. Great, we said it. Charlie, you got a, do you have a, like a transition to the next segment ready? It was Davey Vega's birthday. So Dave, it's birthday boy, Davey Vega, the intense champion. That's all I got. God, you suck at this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, next up we have Davey Vega, like uh, previously mentioned, the AIW intense champion putting his title on the line up against B.J. Whitmer. According to Ed, this is Justin's favorite wrestler, Davey Vega, versus B.J. Whitmer for the intense title. Justin really liked Davey Vega because of uh, Street Fighter. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's why. That makes sense. This match, I have a lot of notes on, and one that I meant to go back and double check on, but I, I totally forgot to. But anyway, it is Davey Vega's birthday when he comes out. He gets sung happy birthday to him. The history of this feud, or not even this feud, of like what was going into it, Davey Vega to up to this point had the most title defenses of the intense title, but BJ Whitmer had the longest male title reign in company history. Uh, that was forfeited, and I have it written down as 435 days. They said the exact day count on cage match, it's question marks because they don't have the that he forfeited. They're just like, oh, like he lost it at this month, so there's no official count of days. This is also post-forgotten for BJ Whitmer, who was 4-0 at Absolution. Going forward, Davey Vega ended up holding the title for 439 days. So Matt 
Matthew Justice is about 100 days away from breaking this. So by the end of the year, actually by the end of the year, he will break this record because we're not planning on any AW anytime this year. Holy shit. That's a, that sucks to hear like somebody say it out loud. Those are all the notes that I have on, on this match. And the thing that I, I really do love about it is this was what ended up being two lengthy, intense title reign holders going up against each other. Obviously one current, the other one former. BJ Whitmer never officially lost the title. So it had this really big match feel. And even going back into it, I could I could feel it. And I think with a lot of these shows that we've rewatched, I kind of miss BJ Whitmer. BJ Whitmer is a guy that I didn't appreciate as much when we had him, but he was a guy that actually built up a lot of fucking talent and he had a lot of good shit. Unfortunately for him, like he's not a flashy name. There's people that I know that know BJ Whitmer and they don't fucking like him. But knowing what I know and seeing what I've seen, I kind of miss the dude. And I think he, there's a reason why he's been working behind the scenes because he can bring that, what, what everything that he knows into wherever he's working. Remember those times in ROH when he tried to kill Jimmy Jacobs with the powerbomb to the outside? Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> Dude, the cool thing about BJ Whitmer at this stage and like later is that at this point he's got like old man energy. You know what I mean? Like old wrestle man. <laughs> it's like he doesn't have time for bullshit. He's just an old wrestle man. And I like it. It works for him. And this is, isn't even like the last we see of BJ Whitmer. I think later this year, he ends up teaming with the Duke. And then we end up, uh, he doesn't really go out of AIW until Dom beats him, which I, who doesn't debut for another year. And then Davey Vega's gone after this, right? No, not right after this. He ends up losing the title to Greg. Uh, to Greg. And then the last time we see Davey Vega, because Davey Vega keeps trying to win the title back in scramble matches. But the last scramble or last match that he was in was the scramble match that Jerry won the intense title. So that took a lot of the focus off of him. And then, you know, we, we just don't see him again until two, was that two years ago or a year ago? It was Mount Carmel. Two years. So yeah. Like two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So we don't see him in AIW for a couple years. And then like, he's, like the tag team that he was once in AIW with as uh, sex with bombs turns into best besties in the world. And they, they become a bigger deal. It's never a good idea to like have a stutter in your name. It's, it's, it's a good name change. Well, I think it's supposed to be a reference to Scott Pilgrim. Cause that's the, name. Uh, I have never seen that movie. <laughs> that seems like a movie you would see. I dude. I, no, like, uh, I, Hot Wait a Topic liked it too much. You know what I mean? Like movies that Hot Topic likes a lot. I'm very weary of. Speaking of which, where is I feel Justin? Like you have a lot in common with the with the main character in that. Michael Sarah? Not Michael Sarah. Scott Pilgrim. Dude, no. Michael Sarah plays Michael Sarah in like everything. <laughs> where? Where? What do you think? Now listen. Here's a Michael Sarah question. Because I've never heard an answer to this in like. And been like, yep, that's probably right. I just can't picture it. What do you think Michael Sarah does? Like, can you picture Michael Sarah doing anything? Because it's impossible for my brain. <laughs> like, what is he doing now? Yeah, like, what do you think he does, man? Like, he would, like, just existing in the world. I can't imagine that Michael Sarah like actually exists on the world and does things. Grows a creepy mustache. Yeah, but that's I guess. But at the same time. 
that's still not do, you're just doing like you're just existing I, like you know what i mean like i somebody's like he listens to vinyl i bet and i was like dude i can't picture him sitting down listening to vinyl i just can't like can't picture him doing anything yeah well whatever you would do is what he probably does imagine dude, that. I just, imagine that i picture him sitting at the end of a bar somewhere with his little creepy mustache like staring at women creeping them out like sipping on a drink with a straw no I can't yeah. see that. He's too weird to go out and be awkward. He's too weird for it. No. Going going back to my question, where's Justin been? Not me, but the original from Pod Van Dam. And the, oh, the, the reason why I ask, because we were talking about movies you've seen and haven't seen, and I haven't heard him ask this question in a long time. Dude, I'm going to call him and have him call the voicemail and do one this weekend. You're right. That was a fun game for a bit. The What hasn't Ed seen? Yeah, absolutely. Please do that. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that happens. The only thing better than that was the game show. The end of the year Jeopardy style game show. I fucking love that. I think we're for the Patreon going to do another game show besides the booking tournament. I think I have an idea and Jonah, like I I said, maybe this will be funny, but Jonah like really loves it. So I think we're going to end up doing it. Um, it's going to be a game where I'm going to ask my dad wrestling questions and you have to guess whether my dad knows the answer to those wrestling questions. Cause like he's been around it. I watched it growing up, but like you couldn't ask my dad, like where did King of the ring 98 take place? Like you don't know shit like that, but you could, <laughs> could ask him simple questions and he might know them. Like who did Hogan wrestle WrestleMania three? He might know that. So it's, it almost sounds like Hollywood squares without the celebrities in a tic-tac-toe board, but the same premise of questions. Yeah, kind of. You just got to guess whether they know it or not. Yeah, so you're right. Just asking my dad, who knows like a tiny bit about wrestling. I mean, still a good premise. I'm like, I'm definitely not going to that. That could be interesting because it's not whether you know it, like you who's playing the game. It's whether someone yeah. else that you don't know knows it. Yeah. Like, you will know the answer. They're going to be simple questions, but it's just like whether he knows it or not. He's a wild card. He, he surprises me sometimes. Like, he knew about, he asked me a question about Raven when Raven was booked at AIW for that show. It's like, how the fuck do you know who Raven is? Anything else on this match? No, man, they just wrestled. Like, this was just a wrestling match. I don't even mean that in an insulting way. Like, that's exactly what this was, though. It was a wrestling match. So Old man like- loves to wrestle, old boy. PJ Whitmer. So I know like a lot of people like complain when uh, they do that stomp in the corner and the person's holding on to the ropes uh, so that they can get stomped in the chest. And they actually made a reason for that. Uh, Davey was digging his knuckles into BJ's injured knee. So like BJ was trying to climb up the ropes to get a hold of like to stop him from doing that. And then Davey hit the stomp at the end, which I thought was pretty cool. They gave it a reason. A, a little fun note, too, as I'm looking at the tweets from this show. Both of these quit Twitter accounts are no longer active. Davy Vegas was suspended and uh, BJ Whitmer just, it says account does not exist. What the hell did Davy Vega do? I don't remember what it was, but it was like when right around the time, like his account got suspended for something stupid and Alley Cat's original Twitter got suspended because like, it's not her real name or something along those lines. It was something, they were both like really stupid. His got suspended because I think he threatened to kick somebody's ass. 
because he has a new one now. Yeah. And but yeah, that was I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And so he had to go create a new one because somebody like ratted him out, reported him. <laughs> but I think it was part of like a promo or something. I don't even think he was being serious. I think it was like just like going back and forth with somebody and yeah, somebody reported it or like their system caught it or whatever and banned him. It it was Davey Vega pinning BJ Whitmer to retain the AIW Intense Championship. At this point, he was just two months away from the record of the longest reign with the title, which, far as I understand, did happen. Let's move on to a absolute classic in AIW history. It's the I Quit match, Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. In my opinion, this is the actual battle of the best themes in AIW. I mentioned this last week. I love Ethan Page's uh, little remix from Take Me to Church to going into Hell of a Life. And then also this is Wu-Tang Clan cream version of Eddie's theme, which is the best Eddie theme. So that was like a weird highlight for me. And these two, I could I could watch them wrestle and cut promos all day long because they're both so fucking good at it. And this was just like towards the beginning of like how great uh, Ethan Page really was. And actually too, I did tweet out, if you go to Kenny Johnson's YouTube, check out the video that he did for both Eddie Kingston and Tim Dons that contains a lot of footage from this show. So in that particular video, Ethan Page says in five years, he will be in WWE. Without a shadow of a doubt. Does anybody want to tell him that it's been five years? Hell no, because he's in a better place. He's on Impact Wrestling, baby. Now, what if he lost a lot of weight? He can get down to like 205 pounds. Dude, I would put him on it anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely been people in that show that are over 205 pounds. <laughs> For sure. Oh, man, you know what I remember most about this match? This is how I know it looked real cute this night, because Eddie Kingston... When I was booing him and flipping him off, he looked right up at me and said, you look like a little bitch. Show me your tits. Oh, so you were who was getting talk shit to Ed. You, you, yes. you tweeted about this. Because uh, I was right at that corner. Like, that's right where I was standing. He was literally like right eye, almost eye level with me when he was up on that middle rope. Oh, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to see if I could see you in a picture. Because, like I said, I have hashtag AbsoX up and uh, Lucha Max Max had a picture of that. And, like, obviously he was facing you. Mm -hmm. But 2015 camera quality. What were you wearing? Oh, no. (laughs) A Misfits tank top. And my hair is up in a bun. I looked really nice. I was really tan back then, too. I did look good. He was right. uh, Was it like a black tank top? Yeah. Was the person next to you wearing a super kick party shirt? Yes. And then a, then someone in a tie-dye shirt. With a headband on who's... I, I know of the guy's face. I don't know his name, but he's a, a longtime AIW fan. So everybody's curious. They want to know, did you show Eddie your tits? No, I didn't. <laughs> he, he was like, you have to subscribe to my OnlyFans for that. We don't, <laughs> we don't know what that he is yet. see me later, though, and like... And he like gave me like a head nod, like what's up? Like I could I I could tell he just wanted like I think he wanted to make sure that I wasn't like real life angry with what he said to me. I wasn't. It was funny. 
He was still hoping to see them tits. He might still, yeah. That I might have misconstrued it. It might have been like a different kind of like, what's up? <laughs> so, uh, this was a fun match. This was also basketball shorts, Eddie. Yeah, but like awesome basketball shorts, Eddie. In a Joker tank top. <laughs> yeah, for some reason that wasn't. I don't know. How do you feel about the Joker? Because he's 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 over with hot topic. I cannot do the Joker. I do. I'm not into it. It's not for me. I think it's way overdone. Uh, anime conventions, Jokers make up for at least I would say ten to fifteen percent of the cosplays there. Um, <laughs> Jokers and Harley Quinns. Ugh. Are you surprised people still watch that comic book garbage? Yeah. Why do people still watch that comic book garbage? Uh, I, I can't be bothered. I'm watching the Japanese version of Power Rangers. You know, cool stuff for cool kids. Not dorky comic books. Which came out before Voltron. Definitely came out before Voltron. Um, any thoughts on this match? Because this, this was... That's just fucking dope. They fucking bloodied each other up and beat the shit out of each other. It was fantastic. Everybody chanted, uh, sub... what they chant? <laughs> the Duke Subway? Because he looked like a fucking sandwich artist? No. <laughs> I don't know, was it because of that, or we said he liked footlongs? It was definitely that he was dressed like a sandwich artist. He had khakis on and a black polo. He looked like a sandwich artist. He never wore that combination again, I don't think. I mean, we're, would, really witty. we're a really witty crowd sometimes. Butters, any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, there was a couple cool spots, like he did the uh, step-in cutter through a table on Duke, which was cool. Um there's barbed wire got used during the match. That's about it. Ethan Page is the fucking man. Somebody should give him a million dollars. Yes, they should. They're silly. They're silly, silly companies not to. A million dollars American. <laughs> I do Canadian too. It's whatever. Whatever played by Julian.com once. He probably wants American because of the exchange rate. That's uh, more money Canadian. USA. USA. Yeah, you know how much action figures cost in Canada? They're like $30 instead of $20. It's ridiculous. But they they, they still have Toys R Us. I have to do a double take when anybody that I follow from Canada talks about going to Toys R Us because I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, you're Canadian. I forgot. Fuck. And they made Degrassi. And they make a Passion Flaky. A what? Passion Flaky. Don't you know what a Passion Flaky is? No. What about a Joe Luis? What about a Mae West? No. No. I love I love Canadian snacks. Yeah, but do you know Liberty Van Sant and JT York and Manny Santos? I used to watch much music. I remember the VJ that was a sock puppet. Excuse me? I remember a, there was a VJ that was a sock puppet. I forget his fuck. Actually, I think his name might have been Ed. I'm going oh. to I'm have to look this up here in a few. But yeah, I want to say his name was Ed. I, I know of a, a Canadian pop act that was, I think they were called Prozac. Canada's dope, man. I love Canada. I want to go to Canada. I want to go. <laughs> I can think of a lot of reasons why. <laughs> you know what? I want to go to Canada, too. Move up there. <laughs> By the Hart family house. Everybody just move in. It's big enough. Any other thoughts on this badass match? I love it. I just love it, and it's perfect, and I love it a lot. How about you, Butters? Oh, this was awesome. Uh, we you know... Back at the beginning of the month, we got to see how this feed kind of started out, and we got to see the end now, so this is pretty cool. All right, let's uh, move to the next match. Oh, I should I should actually mention the uh, what happened. 
It was Ethan Page making Eddie Kingston utter the phrase, I quit via barbed wire to the face. Whole spool of barbed wire. Yeah, whole fucking spool of it. And I do want to say after this match, we went to intermission because as I'm, as I'm, as I'm looking through uh, tweets, I see a picture of Ed with Athena. Yeah. Who cares if Bailey blew me off at NXT? I got to meet Athena. She did, dude. She wanted nothing to do with me. She went right the other direction and went the long way back around, so she didn't have to. <laughs> you're you're not a, a little girl. My view on like girls like her and Sasha is if you're not like a little female girl, they don't want to talk to you. That's but Bailey was my favorite wrestler. Whatever. Zack Ryder like gave me a fist bump because I was wearing my broski stuff. It was like the first broski shirt, and that's what he told me. Fist bumps me. He's like, ah, first broski shirt. That's like cool. I don't know. I don't remember much of that show. That was on my birthday, and that was I went with Necronomapod Mike, and he bought drinks all night, and I don't. <laughs> Those NXT house shows used to be a lot of fun, man. WWE used to be able to do fun wrestling at one point. It was fucking wild. Which house shows were those? The Agora ones. Okay. They like had the first Agora house show. Wait a minute. You're pr- I always, I always thought they were in freaking like February, January, February, March. Like they're early in the year. They did the Columbus one at the Arnold, right? Yeah. And then they did Cleveland later. And then that's when they started like doing an actual schedule. Cause this is when they were just like, just out doing house shows at first. So there wasn't like set stuff yet. All right, let's uh let's move on to that next match. Fuck it, I'll hit it again. What would be coming back after intermission? We had two Infinity and Beyond, Colin Delaney and Cheech, the AIW tag team champions, putting their titles on the line against Hot Sauce Entertainment, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, and Tyson Dukes. I had to I had to do a little bit of digging because there's a lot of talk about two Infinity and Beyond being a newer tag team. They officially debuted at Charge It to the Underhills. And going into that, there were two other shows, I do want to say, that they were in a four-person tag. It was them two, Bobby Beverly, and Dick Justice. So that team ended up for obviously forming out of that. And then we got into Infinity Beyond and the long history of that. They beat the Forgotten for the titles. Uh, a couple of months prior, I didn't write that note down, but I, I wanted to double check like what happened, and that's where where we got into this. Only really note I have from this is that and the fact that, as Stacy put it last week, Tracy Williams and Tyson Duke Dukes answering the question, "What would happen if two landstorms were on a team?" <laughs> Any thoughts on this match? I like their little like confetti cannons. A little uh, precursor to PME when they won the titles. Oh, yeah, Pat did bring those. But obviously, they did the mistake of celebrating before the match. Yeah. PME waited until they won it, which was still awesome because it was like they didn't have it, but it was in the crowd, so it, it shot onto them, so it looked cool. This is like they just start trading the bell back and forth, right? This is when all this starts. Yeah, uh, I want to say it obviously went from them to Hot Sauce Entertainment, back to Two Infinity and Beyond, back to Hot Sauce Entertainment. And then the titles were vacated because Tyson Dukes couldn't get back over the border. I'd like to see Tyson Dukes back, you know what I mean? I'd like to see him wrestle in those Benoit tights that he got for uh, Dark Side of the Ring. 
Can you believe that to infinity and beyond lost the tag belts five times? <laughs> yeah, because I lived it. That's what that's why I ended up making them heels. Was the fact that they just kept winning them back. I really got sick of it. Kept losing them too. They just haven't won them back yet and never going to. So oh, Orange Flaccity is screaming right now. He's just screaming at every podcast this week. Yep. <laughs> Anyone that's disparaging the name of Colin Delaney. That's a loyal friend right there, man. We all need somebody like Orange Flaccity. I don't know if, if you guys are like me, but uh, every time I see a tweet or a Discord interaction between uh, Orange, well, with Orange Flaccity, whatever he says, I just picture calling Colin holding a gun to his head and making sure he posts that. Picture that every <laughs> single time when he's like, well, that's the best tag team ever. Just imagine Colin Delaney say, say we're the greatest fucking tag team ever. Why? Why? Because we won it four times. That's why. We're, that's why we're the best. And also twins are the second best tag team ever. Oh, uh, looking at your tweet, Ed, friend of the show, Colin Delaney. Yeah, that's a joke. I didn't even know him yet, but I can't remember what the joke was, like why he was friend of the show, Colin Delaney. There's like a bit behind it, though, and I just can't remember what it was. If only you could remember. I know. But yeah, this was just the beginning of that back and forth between these two. It was literally, what, almost like two full years or so of this feud? And it kind of just came really repetitive. And can we talk about the bad luck Hot Sauce Tracy Williams has with tag team partners? (laughs) First, we put him with with Tyson Dukes, which that's a good matchup. Unfortunately, Tyson Dukes has issues coming back in the United States. Okay, fine, fine. Then we pair him with Matt Riddle. Good, good tag team. I, I love the pairing of those two. And then Matt Riddle doesn't like how he's booked. So he leaves. So what do we do with Tracy Williams? Give him the absolute title. Fuck it. You've been through shit with tag teams. We're trying to give you what you deserve and people are fucking you. We're sorry. <laughs> Which ant was he under the mask? Um, He was Silver Ant, and I am shoot trash for saying that right now. <laughs> if it If it's on his Wikipedia, it's good. You could say it. <laughs> Hashtag shoot trash. I think this match is is exactly how I remember it of just good wrestling. Nothing like, at least in my opinion, like really memorable that will forever stick out. Not even rewatching it, except for I really did like the tag team of Hot Sauce Entertainment. I wish more could have been done with them. And remember when we all used to love uh, To Infinity and Beyond? Yeah, man. Like I said last week, they had those awesome looking tag belts. God, those things were god awful. So nice. I like that oval. That oval center play, man. Nice. Would you say that it's good shit? That is good shit, pal. How about you, Butters? Scared for Vince. I'm scared for Vince. (laughs) Aren't you? Tyler's dad made excellent points. Like Vince hasn't been nothing on this match. I forgot it even happened. (laughs) See, the problem is it happened so many times that like this match just gets blended in with all the other ones that happened because they did it so much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's probably somebody out there that could tell you how they're all different and how they're all great and how they have a gun to their head blinked two times if I'm wrong. But (laughs) yeah, uh, I have. But they are good. That's the thing. It is a really good match. But then they like, I don't know, you get numb to the goodness, I think. Like, because it went so... Justin, we hated seeing it so much that we turned both teams heel. Like, the crowd was done with it. 
So there's no way to look back on this and been like, oh, this was good and fun to watch. Because I'm just like, saw so many fucking times. Like, the funny thing was, I think, at least for me, I liked Hot Sauce Entertainment, but it was kind of a little, we were sick of the title going back and forth. So then when we get one tag team out, Two Infinity Beyond were able to take that disdain and run with it. Because now the next few times they became champion, it was just like, oh my God, especially when they beat Weird World. Oh my God. Dude, they're so much better as heels. Like, I'm glad they went to it that much in hindsight because, like, to Infinity Beyond as heels is, like, way better. Them beating Weird World was insane because I didn't think it was going to happen. But then when it did, it's like, oh, God. If, if we didn't like you before, it just got even worse because we only got to experience the Weird World as tag team champions for one fucking show. It ruined my night. It legit ruined my night. I remember Masato Tanaka was there, and I was still pissed. I was like, <laughs> sucks so bad. It was Colin Delaney pinning Hot Sauce Tracy Williams to retain the AIW tag team titles. Let's uh, move on to the next one. Next up was the scramble match. Candice LeRae versus Cedric Alexander versus Lewis Linden versus Flip Kendrick versus Tyler Thomas. And it was supposed to be Chris Sabin, who I didn't get to look up what happened, but far as what I can tell, it was announced that he couldn't make the show for, for whatever reason. And like the day of the show, the announce, they would announce who the replacement was or the t- at the match. They'll announce who the mystery replacement competitor for Chris Sabin was. And it was not other than a C H Obviously, the biggest thing of the night was Cedric Alexander with the vine heard around the world from Luchamax. And that's the thing that, like, obviously we talked about vine and how, like, that whole spot with Candice and uh, Cedric blew up. And I'll say this, looking back at this match and taking Chris Saban out of it and adding ACH made th- this match a, com- a competitor for match of the night because... I think he made the match even better, and I forgot how good this match was. Everybody's going to always talk about um, the next match or the main event or Eddie and uh, Ethan Page, but this match was actually really fucking good, too. Thoughts? Thoughts from anybody? Oh, there. I didn't hear you say it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, mostly this match is abs- it's absolutely remembered for that Vine. And, like, it's so remember that for that vine that I forgot that the finish got, like, kind of fucked. Like, I haven't even, like, I never remember that part of this match. Just remember how awesome it was. And then came to story getting shot, like, 16 feet up in the air. This is the live tweets I was talking about. These are four tweets in a row from Ed at Pod Van Dam. Balls Plex. Hashtag AppsOX. Double Balls Plex. Hashtag X. Candace is dead. Apso X. <laughs> Lewis Linden wins, I guess. Apso X. Yeah. Cause like the finish, I don't even know. I watched even watching it back, I'm not really sure what happened. I had for at the time Ohio Indie report that Lewis Linden made Candace tap. Yeah, but I don't know if like Candace there's a thing where like it's either Candace didn't tap quick enough and ACH like hit it to break him up and like they didn't sell it. 
because like the, that was the finish and ACH, watched, ACH wasn't supposed to get there. Like he thought he was going to get cut off. So it's like this awkward thing where ACH gets there to hit Lewis Linden, but he did, like isn't supposed to be there. So he like kind of hits him a little and Lewis doesn't sell it. And then Candace like taps and they ring the bell. Also the tweet that you had before that this show is insane. Well worth the wait in line. Loving this six man match. Scrambles are awesome. Almost always. Especially this one, like a lot of the scrambles are good, but I feel like this was another level good, mainly because of the the mix of competitors you had in there. Candice, Cedric, Lewis, Flip, even fucking Tyler Thomas, who isn't remembered for much, but he he fit well. And like I said, adding in ACH just made for a great blend where it was just one thing after another. Any thoughts from you, Butters? Um. No, not really. I mean, everything you guys pretty much covered everything that the finish was kind of messed up. Uh, Candace hit a bunch of balls, plexes, and uh, yeah, got shot into the sky. So, <laughs> a fantastic tweet from Ed. How is Candace LeRae not in NXT? Their loss is AIW's gain. Hashtag AppsOX. And she's there now, right? Does she wrestle? Yeah, she wrestles. I remember seeing her on a takeover. Yeah. And also. I just realized this at the time Johnny wasn't on TV, but within a month and a half or even a five, I think about a month he would be. So he would become a dude on TV. Ooh. That's when he started realizing how violent his hands were. That was it. <laughs> Do you remember when Johnny Gargano would come out and he would like put his, his hand above his head. Like he was looking out into the crowd, trying to like block the light. He was actually just looking up at his hands. Like, why are you so violent? That's <laughs> what was happening. I realized that when I was watching the main event, I was like, Oh, that's what he was doing all this time. He's violent, keep, he was violent. keeping an eye. He's keeping his eye on his hand. You could like, do something violent. I got to keep you up here. Where I can see you. He doesn't trust. <laughs> what did it mean when he, he went around and, you know, like slapped hands with everybody and then he went back through the entrance and then came running back out. He had to like have it give his hand a pep talk and remind like so it wouldn't hurt fans because it's so violent. He Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Gargano is a real life action figure. So he had his like good hands on. So he like went out, slapped everybody hands, and then he went back and then like he quickly took those off and put the good ones in. I mean the bad ones in. He wanted to make sure <laughs> he wanted to make sure everybody was safe. <laughs> Anyway, this I thought this was a great match, and like I, I, I might have said that I think this is a just a really buried gem on this card. I mean, granted, there's a lot of good shit, but people only talk about that one spot, and it's because of that vine. If that vine didn't happen, I don't know how much we would be talking about it, and I think that's a that's a crime. Any other thoughts on this match beside Lewis Linden making a weird win and ta- uh, Candace tapping? Nah, man, it's just a, it was an awesome match. Just yeah, go check that out. This is definitely a match on the show we're checking out. I was very disappointed with the lack of horizontal tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> Bronco Buster. <laughs> yeah, there could have there could have been a Bronco Buster spot in there where they were all four in the corners. I, I don't know what they were thinking. It just God, imagine the comp- <laughs> imagine the confidence to like yell that out because you know it's funny. Like. <laughs> <laughs> never in my life have i been so confident in anything as that man was what he was saying was like the funniest shit <laughs> all right let's move on to a very legendary match 
Next up is Nick fucking Gage versus Tim fucking Dance in an anything goes match. This was Dance's first AIW match of 2015, his second of the year, and his very first match back from cancer. Um, I love, and I, ironically enough, as I started talking about this, I got a, I got a favorite on this tweet from Tim Dance where I talked about, I think Tim Dance versus Nick Gage is one of the best feuds in AIW history because like this match was the foundation and then we don't see Nick Gage for two more years. He doesn't come back until 2017 at the end of EPSO 12 and they left a lot more on the table. Like you could tell this feud was going to last a little bit longer. There was the comeback story of obviously with Don's and cancer and even some of his biggest critics like myself and Ed we're on document we're, and like there's things out there where we were rooting for him that day. There is a tweet from Ed that says, uh, I gotta find it now. Tim Donst is gonna kill Nick Gage. Dude, that you I don't think there are many people in AIW history that were as over as Tim Donst was on that night. Like like I said, everyone this is what I most remember from this match. That literally everyone in that place is cheering for Tim Donst, except fucking thrift store chopper and his fucking Chris Benoit shirt cheering for Nick Cage. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so fucked up. He is so excited to see Nick Cage beat this up man up who just came back from cancer. <laughs> now this version of Nick Cage was Nick shredded Cage. Dude, he was it's, fucking yoked. Yeah, he was. <laughs> That's like, that's the first note. I was like, holy shit. He was like fucking shredded and he was just, yeah, he looked scarier than he does now. Holy shit. Ah, cause he was like fresh out of prison. I want to say yeah. the, we'd only seen him one time in AIW prior. And I mean, granted it was two shows, but that was Jaylet. That was when he debuted and it would be another month and a half or so that he would, uh, he'd go back. Because actually, as uh, the show that Ed mentioned, Faith No More was supposed to have Nick Gage versus Bob Holly, which I was kind of looking forward to. But then he goes back to jail or prison and we don't get that. But we get Tim Donst versus Bob Holly, which was the replacement I was hoping for. But yeah, it, it was really hard to root against Tim Donst. Um but, but that's another reason why I like this story is, or just the feud is within two years while Nick Gage is gone. Like what we see after the match with Nick Gage attacking Donst, every, most people were booing Gage and cheering and loving Donst. When he comes back two years later, there's a lot more people booing Donst than we had ever heard before. And when Gage comes out, myself included, we're cheering him. In fact, I'm going fucking nuts. Any other thoughts on this? I, I, it's still just as brutal as before. And I'll even, I'll, I've given a lot of criticism to Don's to my history, but he does have some pretty solid feuds and matches in AIW, especially at Absolution, whether it be, you know, this match, whether it be the match the year or two years prior against Michael Hutter, where you have the whole crowd endlessly chanting Michael Hutter, Tim fucking Donst, fucking insane. Anything else? 
So my only note I have on this is that uh, Eddie Kingston was on commentary and was really putting over Gage the whole time. And then like when Don beat Gage, uh, he was like, oh, my God, Gage is going to kill him. Gage is going to kill him. Get him out of the ring now. He's going to get killed. Yeah, that was one thing I did notice, but I didn't write down. Uh, there was that. And there was also Eddie putting over Don. So like this isn't the the kid anymore that like I once knew or that I had my battles with like this is a man now like he was really putting over fucking Tim Donson by the way a lot of AIW just blurs together have we ever seen Nick Gage versus Eddie Kingston yes they fought right after the um Josh Bishop Matt Justice dive they were the next match okay because I was thinking I'm like god I really want to see that match but I'm like I've probably seen that match and just fucking forget about it. But yeah, that would be why I forget about it. Yeah, they had to follow that. So I was just thinking about that the other day, actually. Maybe what I want to see is a feud, not just a match, a fucking feud where there's. Yeah, that'd be real good. Where there's a memorable back and forth where they're both fucking just talking mad shit. Because yeah, that'd be real good. I'd, I'd be into it. That wouldn't be really good. That'd be really fucking scary. Because I'd be afraid I would see a real life fucking murder. Well, I'm down. Let's let's see what happens. How about you, Ed? Uh, I like that Tim Donst won with like a small like inside cradle. Like that's that's good stuff. Like he out wrestled him in this street fight. It's like it doesn't make Nick Gage look weak, but he got out wrestled by like a dude that's like a technical wrestler. And then yeah, Eddie's really good at talking. <laughs> what a what a shock that Eddie Kingston is good at talking and making other people look good with his talking. I'm going to go through some of these tweets from uh, me and you from this match. Cause we had a lot to say. I don't, I didn't remember hearing this again during the match, but I wrote down like, I, I mean, I tweeted this out quote from Nick Gage about Tim Donce. I'm going to rip his other fucking liver out. Uh, <laughs> his other liver. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, what I fucking tweeted. So I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Ed, you tweeted, uh, the heat from this match is incredible. Yeah, dude, everybody fucking hated Gage. It was awesome. It was real weird now where Nick Gage is like a godlike status. It's fucking wild to think about. And then you also tweeted, at LF Chakarison is so into this match. I can hear him commentating from here. Love the atmosphere of this match. Yeah, he was also sitting on like an important looking chair that I thought kind of looked like a throne. And it might have been like it might have been like a really fancy chair. Oh, my God. Like I, you can b- vaguely see because obviously like, these pictures were taken in 2015. So it's not like, yeah, some like better uh, high def you could see. But yeah, you could kind of see it. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like he is uh, on a throne and like the match is like for his entertainment. I like it. It's a good vibe. I advocate for commentators to have thrones. Thank you. Uh, looking looking at the crowd, a lot of uh, Bullet Club shirts, a lot of Super Kick Party shirts. Everybody just bought their Bucks bootlegs, man. Uh, also, wear them out. Do you remember this? the The kid chanting "This is awesome" behind me makes me so stoked for wrestling's future. Yeah, so little kid during this deathmatch coolery who's chanting "This is awesome." I was like, man, your parents are terrible. I love it. Got a bad dad. <laughs> He's little too, man. He's probably like six. Like he's just a little guy. I about to say, have you? Do you remember seeing him since then, or do you not remember what he looks like? 
Dude, I don't remember. Yeah. So it was uh, Tim Dons picking up the victory. And uh, after the match, Tim Dons had a little speech and Nick Gage fucking attacks him. And like I mentioned earlier, this would be the last time we would see Nick Gage until 2017, which might be one of the greatest surprise returns I've couldn't remember at AIW. <laughs> he left off like off of a a behind the like a Pearl Harbor job, like Earl Monsoon would say, on a dude who's just giving his speech because he just fought cancer and won. And the next time we see him, we'd all cheered him very, very big. He went out like the biggest scumbag possible. And when he comes back, we're like, holy shit, thank God. Nick Gage is here to beat up Tim Donst. Exactly. That's what I love about it. Like we had, we had had so much of Tim Donst. We're like, man, I wish that dude that beat the shit out of him after he had cancer would come back. <laughs> and he does comes back unannounced at the end of his show and then actually pretty much does the same thing to him at the end of that show. It's fucking crazy. So yeah, the absolutely great shit. If, if you don't go back and watch for just some of the other matches we mentioned, this is another big one. I would go back and watch. All right, let's move on to the next one. Next up is the AIW absolute championship match. Ricky Shane Page going up against the champion, Josh Alexander. There's so much that happens in the show that I forgot about the ending. And you know what? I, I'm so, so on it. Cause the, the ending that will, I can, I mean, I can mention right now, they do kind of an angle where you think that Josh Alexander's injured. Like it, it seems legit. Dude. That here's the problem with it is no one bid on it. No one. You were there that night. No one believed that. <laughs> I didn't believe it at first, but it's one of those things. And I think this is what they were going by. At first, you're going to question it. But the longer it goes on, the more you're more likely to buy in. And that's when I was like, it's like, oh, shit, because at first we weren't really quieting down. But towards the end of it, like it was a little bit quieter. Even to the point, like, they brought out somebody to be a fucking medic wearing gloves and everything. But instead, it's a fucking fake out, and Josh goes for a rugged, what was a uh, small package or whatever. Yeah. Fucking, like, gets the win, and like, oh, nope, this was the plan the whole fucking time. I totally forgot about that. It's one of those things I like being surprised, but I don't know how I feel about the, the, the injury angles. Sometimes I think it's well done and other times it's like, ah, eh, maybe you're faking me out too much or it's just a little repetitive because we get it a, over a year later with uh, Heidi. Or I should say with yeah. antisocial, but Heidi yeah, goes, goes yeah, crazy. Yeah. Wait, the guy that came out with the gloves was not Brock. He was not trying to feed Josh Alexander some of his delicious barbecue meats. We didn't know who the fuck. About- we didn't know who the fuck Brock was this night. Now we do. We love you, Brock. Yo, that chicken with the spicy barbecue. Mwah, perfect. I thought that's what he was trying. He was just trying to feed Josh Alexander that during the match. He got tired and needed some food. <laughs> that's what I thought happened. Uh, my only note for, for this part was that I don't think uh, the crowd now, like when I saw it happen, like I thought maybe something did happen, but I thought it was weird that it was off of a rolling elbow. But then like the crowd was like talking about how they were hot and they were tired and wanted to go home and shit. 
And I'm like, that wouldn't fly today. Like if they did, if there was like an injury thing, like we kind of police ourselves a lot better than that. It was my only real like thinking when, when that, while that was happening until the, uh, the roll up happened. I think another thing this match suffered from is we were a little bit drained as a crowd. The match before it, obviously Nick Gage and Don's just absolute insanity. And even the fucking match before that with the scramble. So we have this match, which on normal cards, you know, you have the championship match as the, as the final match. But when you're putting as much money and as many stars into a fucking main of, I mean, well into a match that has to be the main event. So I also think this suffers from being sandwiched in between two fucking great matches where the only thing like this really has anything to hang its hat on is the fact that it is for the absolute title. Well, there's always been an issue with card placement as far as like what matches should go where and like the ebb and flow of a crowd. So like, it's still not the greatest. Like there's still like, usually the second half of a show is just like a marathon a lot of times with AIW, which some people don't have a problem with, but I wouldn't mind something like to cool down before you go into the main event. Cause once you get a lot of times we get to the main event, I'm just wore out. And I don't want to like do any of the normal stuff that you should be doing during a main event. I'm just tired. I don't want to cheer. I don't want to do anything. I just want to watch the match and then get ready to go home. And uh, I think that's like, it's a hard thing to try to really figure out how to uh, pace a show. And I think they've gotten better at it since this time, but it's still real tricky to do and like have it come off really good every time. Ed, this is where I'll go ahead. I also want to pose a question to Ethan page. Cause he mentioned this on commentary. How do you do the Vader hand sign sexually? Put your tongue in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is meant. ask Ed. I knew exactly what he meant. I, I heard it and I started laughing and I'm like, wait, wh- why, what, what are you doing with this? I'm, okay. That makes sense. All right. I knew, I knew Ed would know, so I just yeah. figured I'd just throw it out I there. Know. And All right. Uh, two tweets from you, Ed. Uh, just like a normal match one, Ricky Shane Page versus Josh Alexander for the absolute title in Josh's last AIW match. Uh, that didn't age well. And also, this absolute title match is amazing. But I can't help but notice, is LF Chikaris sitting in a throne? Hashtag AbsoX. Yeah, is he on a- I think he was on the throne. Also, I know like we all like to like shit on Ricky and uh, we don't like him now, but this story was really good. And this was like a pretty perfect match for it. Like it wasn't like a five star classic match. It wasn't like an amazing match, but like the story that it all told and like Ethan Page on commentary putting over this like Ricky's a loser. Ricky loses like he's never going to win this. And then he did. Like, it's a really good story. From there, the title run is a eh, whatever. But, like, the story and then the title win, perfect. Seriously. How about when he dropped Vader on her neck? <laughs> yeah, I did know. dropped when that happened. I was like, oh, my God, he killed her. She she died. I swear to God, she died at that moment. <laughs> I haven't rewatched it, but it is on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Is the next show, Battle of the Sexes 2, the main event is Ricky Shane Page versus Veda Scott, and he beats the piss out of her. Like, it's just his revenge of the whole storyline of getting fucked over and everything, and that's all I remember from that that match. I don't know if Veda got in any offense. If she did, it's minimal. So imagine that 
particular move in an entire fucking match. And that was technically his first title defense. I think the title was on the line. They should have strapped her up with it. That would have been hilarious. Fuck yeah. Um, that, oh, that would mean at that point she would only need to have won the intense title and she would have won actually every AIW title. Going back and uh, reading some of the tweets, Ed, you back-to-back great tweets. Josh Alexander is either injured or the biggest heel in the business. Later on, biggest heel in the business. Alexander wins and retires AIW Absolute Champion. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad he didn't win because the story definitely needed Ricky to win, and also a title match at that Geek Fest sound, or a title tournament at that Geek Fest sounds terrible. Like, never want that. I mean, it could have been worse. There could have been like a CZW show at that Wrestling Geek Fest. <laughs> uh, the tweets that I had was Josh Alexander plays possum with an injury, but pins Ricky Shane Page to retain the AIW Absolute Championship, but then. Wadsworth puts an end to Josh Alexander and Veda Scott's antics and restarts the match. And Ed, you wrote, restarting the match. Hashtag AppsoX. Ricky laid out both. Like we kind of mentioned, Josh Alexander and Veda Scott pins Josh to become the new AIW absolute champion. It, It was definitely a great moment. I think one of the biggest issues about this moment, I don't think it, it, it really aged well. A lot of, I mean, a lot of great story. Maybe you could have had Josh win. Maybe there could have been a tournament. Maybe things could have been different. But like I said, I think this match suffers from the only thing I remembered was Ricky winning and being the end of like that whole story. And like, yeah, it was a feel good moment. But then we had the main event. And that's the thing everybody talks about. Ed, you also wrote, thank God we're not doing a post show podcast. I have no voice left. Yeah, we used to do like one on the way home. And I'm glad that didn't happen. Let's move on to the main event. Main event of the night, Dudes on TV, which is EC3, Matt Cross, Ray Rowe, DJ Z, and Samoa Joe versus Team AIW, Alex Daniels, Josh Prohibition, Johnny Gargano, and the Young Bucks. This was the time that EC3 was the TNA heavyweight champion. Kind of goes back to right now when, you know, the Oddly enough, the TNA championship is back and EC3 has re-interjected himself in that title picture. Any thoughts on this match besides, actually, I do want to give you credit, Ed. When I was going back and finding tweets, I found your tweet with the picture of the most messed up human centipede I've ever seen. And that picture lived on because I feel like that's the picture everybody had from the show. Yeah. I leaned my drunk ass over that railing with my phone, like, out, and, like, got it. It was all a very bad decision. It should have ended badly. It didn't. Yeah, and I got the human centipede human centipede spot with, like, Samojo doing the Boston Crab. I have a variation of that, but it's, like, after the, the Boston Crab where everybody's on their back. Yeah. And it's from my angle where I'm at. Man, this match was a lot of fun. A lot of super kicks. Everyone was really into the Young Bucks at this time. Uh, Josh Prohibition is fucking great. Everyone in this match is really good, including Name Redacted. <laughs> He's just like a cautionary tale of like having an attitude. You know what I mean? Because like, look how over he was and how good he was. And he just fucking blew it all. <laughs> that sucks. Sucks for him. It sucks we didn't get to see him like be good. <laughs> like, oh man, fuck. I don't know who could even replace him. Like, That's the thing. There was no, yeah, he was perfect for that spot. He, 
he could have been the dude that in 10 years, everybody was looking back at this match going, well, you know, there are so many big stars in the match at that time, but no one knew how great he was. And now it's going to turn into, especially I'm, I, I can't wait to hear what at odds with wrestling says about this match, but now it's, <laughs> now it's all, oh, look at all those stars and who uh, isn't that the guy that tried to come back in 2020? <laughs> Wadsworth on commentary screaming super kick party a lot. I liked it. <laughs> See, everyone loved the Bucks at this time. Everybody. Except Joe. I don't know if Joe did or not. I don't know when that started. He could have possibly liked the Bucks, right? At this moment, too. I'm going to guess not. Um, <laughs> Oddly enough, I didn't really like them. I didn't like them until a handful of years later. Like, I, I jokingly got a picture with them at Make Them Say Huh? Because I had friends who were like Bullet Club and Young Bucks fans. And I was like, I'm going to go get a picture with them because I fucking can and you can't. That sounds really douchey when I say it out loud. Fucking, <laughs> fucking five, fucking six years later. Shit, man. <laughs> fucking clubalos. You clubalos. I don't take, I don't take offense to that. I mean, granted, I don't wear a lot of my bullet club shit anymore, uh, but I, I can't take offense to the word clubalo because I'm a fucking juggalo. It's like, oh, you're calling me a juggalo version of a bullet club fan okay is am i supposed to, am i supposed to take that as an insult i don't even know if club lows exist anymore because all of them just became like elite fans and AEW fans i th- they just started I, shitting their pants and yeah and they started are, sitting in their own shit watching wrestling that's that's their transition i think now it would be cool to be a bullet club fan because no, what? Because evil is not the fu- is not the dude they would not be cool there's nothing cool about the bullet club in 2020 jy the knife dork evil like what about kenta what about him he's like 40 he's an old man he's not cool kota bushi's cool high five and vince mcmahon not knowing who he is not <laughs> understanding how pens work good stuff man kota bushi's like the hero we need you ever seen that clip of him not know how a pen works do you know what's actually cool not knowing how magnets work and making a song about it oh man <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, um, this match featured a, as uh, Ed put it, five-way super kick. A super kick orgy. It's good stuff. I like this match a lot. It was a lot of fun. Back half of this show is pretty loaded. Team AIW wins with the drunken driver on Ray Rowe. Yeah, and then EC3 has to suck it. He sucks Tom Dunn. And, <laughs> yeah, and he, he sucked it. And he sucks Pedro. I have a video on my personal Instagram of like that whole thing happening. Right. It's, it's on IWTV too, but I remember taking a video of that. What if like, that's how Pedro actually like, that's the lasting memory. Like Howard Finkel gets to announce CM Punk and Madison Square Garden one more time. And Pedro gets simulated fellatio from EC3. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a great night out. I'll always say this. I think Pedro is one of the best ring announcers ever. And I think shows like this just shows that, I mean, I love Steve guy. I'm not, I'm never going to knock Steve guy. And I think he's helped usher in this newer era from, from AIW. And there was obviously the other ring announcer, which I think just wasn't a perfect fit, but getting pants are probably a perfect fit for him. You know what I mean? There are, are moments in this show where he just brings out this world-class ring announcer. And I, I remember this day 
thinking I would never see Pedro ring announce again. And he was a staple in Cleveland at this time, especially when PWO Prime Wrestling was run. He had there was two companies in Cleveland that he was the ring announcer for. He was like the only ring announcer I knew. And I thought we like I said, I thought we'd never see him again. But turns out like he would do random shows. Actually, he it was later this year he returned because he was at uh I do want to say he was at No Sleep Till Brooklyn. So that's that's how we end the show. Team AIW wins. Any other thoughts on this match? Or even Pedro? Uh Pedro's great. I'm glad he's still around. He let us right yeah. in the front. He let us right in the front for that uh AIW show in Jersey. He said come right to the front. And that was very nice of him. So I'm always gonna be a big Pedro fan for that. Yeah, Pedro's always been cool with me. And uh I'm glad I get to see him at old when we go to old. So that's cool. When he does old, because I don't think he does old all the time. Like I think he did the fair show, but he I don't think he did uh the extravaganza. Mm, I know he did the yeah, he did the fair show. I don't maybe he didn't do extravaganza. Hmm. I know he didn't do the extravaganza because I recently went back and rewatched uh Dan Housen versus Symbol Monkey. And it's uh that dude who speaks through that uh I want to call it a megaphone, but it's not a fucking megaphone. And I don't know his name off the top of my head. Anyway. Any final thoughts on Absolution 10? I think it, like I said before, it's one of the best shows AIW has ever put on. Um, a lot of, there's some gems in here and there's a lot of great moments in here. It made sense that this was the 10th Absolution. A lot of Absolutions too are, are great, but being this, uh, the first of the double digits, uh, historic landmark, it, it was perfect and I loved it. Yeah, this is uh, my first Absolution, so it's definitely a whole soft spot. Uh, I think it's a really great show. Like I said, it's it's long, but I can't think of anything like that would I would want off the card either. So uh, that main event's great. There's some coolery. There's uh, there's pretty much something for everybody on this show. Pretty perfect. Love it. Love the atmosphere of it. It's just a really great show. Yeah, this was a lot better than the uh, the other show that we did the retro review on uh, at the beginning of the month. I like this one a lot more. Uh, this was a lot of interesting matchups and uh, it was good to go back and actually watch a show. Cause you've talked about it ad nauseum for a really long time. <laughs> and, and it was nice to finally go back and be like, oh, okay, now I understand why he talks about the show all the time. Cause it was really good. So I think that the venue adds to it too. If this was at Mount Carmel, I don't know if I'd have the same feelings for it, to be honest. For some reason, being in that venue that day for this particular show felt special. If I could go back and change one thing, it'd be Matt Cross jumping off that balcony. They're not going to stop it during the main event. Like I know they thought, I know they threatened to, but there's no way I could. There's no way they would stop it. Yeah, they probably really should have done it. That especially would- knowing that we never went back there, like ever. So yeah, man, Matt Cross should definitely jumped off the balcony. And the fact that they don't. Um, like that's not like a normal venue anymore either. So it really yeah. wouldn't have fucking mattered. Any uh final thoughts or last last minute plugs before we go? Start with butters. Oh, I could check out my podcast IWTV Guide. Uh, you were a guest on this week, Justin. So that was fun. And your one word answers <laughs> while reviewing this show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Butters. That's all I got. How about you, Ed? I uh, check out Pod Van Dam every Monday. And if you want it early, you can go to patreon.com slash Pod Van Dam. And there's some tiers there, and you get stuff for those tiers. Um, 
and you can hear me on IWTV Guide if I could talk Charlie into watching some some just scummy Japanese grimy indies. I want to hear that. I want to hear that I so think, bad. <laughs> I think we can work it out. Hell yeah. That way they won't have to ask who Karate Brahmin is. They can just ask me and I can explain Karate Brahmin. Yeah, this needs to happen really soon. Well, I'll talk with Ed and we'll pick a <laughs> show for August uh, sometime in August and we'll do one. How about that? Hell yeah. Uh, so you heard that I was on IWTV Guide this week. I was also on It's Evolution Baby this week. Last week, I a uh, little peek behind the curtain. I forgot to mention it in the show, so I did. I added it in post and tried to make it sound like I was still talking to everybody. But I was on Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast last week, uh, just talking about my history in podcasting. So that's if you want to check that out, it's over there on their feed. I would consider them friends of the show. I haven't added them to the list, but I should. I definitely should. You can find myself at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said before, please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listeners fine podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, The Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, the IndieCast, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, The Game Marks Podcast, Off the Hop Rope, We Like Sports Podcast, Power Bomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, The Chick Foley Show, IWTV Guide, and At Odds with Wrestling, who also will be talking about Absolution 10 this week. Much love to them and the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Fuck it, I'll mention them too. Check out our other friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, The Mystery Men, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially if you're sitting on a throne. Later.
Sorry, I got a cat tangled up in my headphones. Go away. Go. What were you saying, Charlie? Oh, the uh, 